now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Hello. I know this is usually where the music starts in at, but uh, before we get into the music, I wanted to tell you guys that this opening song is dedicated to each and every one of you. Um, yeah, I just I just wanted to start this one off differently. I wanted you to make sure for all the listeners of the Awakened Soul, you know that this song is dedicated for you. Um, here, hold on. Let me just push play. My apologies. Hold on. Let me let me try that again. Oh, well, that's embarrassing. Um, I will be right back. Let me let me go get DJ Gullah Gullah. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 56 of The Awakened Soul, baby. I had a lot of fun this weekend with my brothers from the Breaks Radio and Oversaturated. That's Johnny and Ralph. We kicked it hard. Um, you know, let me not say that. We didn't go all out. That's for the weekend live show. We definitely had some great conversations. Johnny came through clutch with our uh, shirts for the for the live show weekend. I'm not even going to tease those, man. I'm not even going to tease those. But shout out to those brothers, man. Uh, we got an awesome show planned for you guys this week. Shanice is back. We got the debut segment from Scoop uh, himself from the Inside Scoop, man. Scoop is one of my favorite podcasters. He's one of the people literally doesn't have to change a thing. He got it. It's just getting the eyes and the ears on him. But uh, I'm ha- I'm happy he's joining. We also got a conversation about... I'm not I'm not actually I'm actually not going to tell you what that conversation is, but I want to catch you guys off, off guard with that one. But, you know, before we get into all of that, we have to get into the mind of Haze. So while I started this off a little silly, then I went with the old school Isley brothers, uh, maybe a little mushy. Uh, you know, if it was, fuck it. I don't care. It, it is what it is. But this next next song that we're getting into before the mind of Haze, uh, this one's for my boys, man. This one's for my boys. So, uh. Shout out Johnny Ralph, shout out Scoop, shout out um, AJ from What We Gonna Do, uh, Dan on Drugs, 
you know, listen, I'll, I'll be sitting here all day. Uh, Jaden Hollywood, because if I didn't mention Jaden, I'm sure he would come for me on Twitter. Um, but we got to get in to some music before we get into the mind of Hayes. I will see you guys on the other side. We're going to take a, a twirl on my dark, twisted, and crazy-ass mind. All right, welcome to the Mind of Haze, where we talk a little bit about society, news, whatever's going on. Um, the first thing that I'm going to come off the top with is that Pusha T, in an interview, said that Kanye West's MAGA hat is this generation's Ku Klux Klan hood. Now, by initially reading that, some, especially older African-Americans who lived in the South and during that time may think, look at that and say, there's no way you can compare the MAGA hat to a Ku Klux Klan hood. Now, while I will say that I think there's a distinct difference sometimes in the MAGA hat representing Trump and then what some people who support Trump do who also wear MAGA hats. Now, I've already talked about my issues with Trump as the president. That's been very well documented. Um, but, you know, when you initially see this, you may think, well, that's a bit of an exaggeration. It's kind of similar to now how on the Internet, everything, everyone screams when, when something offends them that it's it's like Hitler. But when you really take a step back, is it like uh, for uh, not just African-Americans, for minorities, for um, foreigners who come into our country? Does that is that MAGA hat similar to the Ku Klux Klan hood? I, I honestly, I'm going to say one one right now. I, I can understand um, definitely in the emotion that it elicits and the feeling that it elicits for some people. You you can very well think that that may be um, maybe a, an, an opinion or a view that you can support or that you can see yourself. Um, I will say for me personally, I don't I don't think that like I, I don't think that the MAGA hat itself is anything close to what the Ku Klux Klan uh, hood did. And, and you, you know, I, I just don't see that. Now, I do understand, like I said, some people who who, Trump, who support Trump, who wear those hats, I can very well see that opinion being something that they believe in and they agree with. Um, but it was just something that I looked at and I, and I saw and I, and I'm, you know, I read his comments. He went on to explain a little bit more Um of course, the slavery is a choice comments, all of that got got commented on. But I, I want to know how you guys feel when, when you when you hear that the MAGA hat being this generation's Ku Klux Klan hood. And it doesn't mean that it's a direct correlation, meaning that the Ku Klux Klan MAGA hat, they do the same things. But I think the key word here is this generation's Ku Klux Klan hood. You know, when if I think of anything that's as divisive or that pits people on defense or that or that elicits so much response from people, I I can kind of see that. I can I can kind of see where he's going with that. But again, um, not that I necessarily agree. I can see what he meant behind that comment. But I want to know what you guys feel. You know, I mean, again, my point here is to 
present the facts of what happened, my thoughts, and I want to know how you guys thought. You already know. You can. We'll do this off the top. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E on every social media platform. You can also send me any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. The Awaken So Pod at gmail.com. But the next thing that we're going to go into, we have to discuss this um, as well, and that is a African-American woman decided to climb the Statue of Liberty. Um, and, you know, she was arrested. Uh, her uh, name is Therese Patricia Okumo. And I may be pronouncing that um, that last name incorrectly. I do apologize uh, if you happen to be listening to this podcast. Uh, shout out. But uh, nonetheless, so on, she decided to climb the base of the Statue of Liberty on the 4th of July, um, no doubt, and said that it was a metaphor um, for celebrating the 4th of July. Now, I don't know if that's specifically what she said, or if that's just an interpretation from the article that I read, but nonetheless, um, and this, this spun out into different conversations on, uh, how black women fighting, you know, for the injustices of everyone, not just them and how they, and how black women are some of the, you know, most patriotic and, and, and most supportive of, of other issues, not just their own, whether it be gender, race, all, all types of equality. And when you sit back and look at it, um, yeah. And I, and I think this is, this is the thing when you hear our women, our, our African-American women talk about, um, the, the issues that they talk about and they do, they carry a lot of, they try to defend the black man. They try to, some also bring us down. So this is not universal, but I, I, that, that metaphor, that, that, the way that that conversation turned, I think it's a good conversation to have. It's a good thing to bring to light and for us to appreciate our women who definitely try to support us, who definitely try to fight all the battles that they can. Now, some people may have issues with that. Some people may say, fight your battles. Don't try to fight everyone's battles. And to that, I understand that. But more so than anything, you know, the way that that conversation spent, I definitely wanted, I personally, Cordero Johnson wanted to thank all the amazing black women, all the amazing people, all everything, all the, all the amazing black women who have a voice, who decide to speak out, who decide to uplift men, who decide to, to be the, the flag bearers in some instances. I'm, I would be one to say that there are many who also hurt the cause as well, but that's not what we're here to do right now. We're here to take the time out. I wanted to personally say thank you to our sisters who are, who are doing everything, but to get back on this story, um, how do you guys think about this? Do you feel that this is disrespectful to the Statue of Liberty? Um, I personally don't. I, I, I get it. I, I, I get what she was trying to do. Um, was it a bit crazy? Absolutely. Um, yeah, but some people are calling her the Rosa Parks of this time already. And no, just no, it, it's, 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 it's no, no, it's not. Um, now the, the other way that this conversation is spent as well is that the Statue of Liberty, what is it really a statue for if there is no liberty? Just think about it. Again, that's just another conversation piece. I'm sure we'll discuss at some point. I'm sure I pissed off a couple of people, um, in the, in me talking about this. I'm, my phone's probably about to start going off once once a couple of people start hearing this. But nonetheless, um, all jokes aside, thank you to our women. Thank you for holding us down. The ones that do um, enough can't be said about what you guys do and how amazing you are. So speaking about women, um, we have to discuss um, the first trans woman will be competing in the Miss Universe competition. 
And this is, uh, she's a contestant from Spain. Her name is Angela Ponce, Ponce, however you pronounce that. Again, I'm sorry. I'm notorious for just murdering last names, and I apologize for that. But she won Spain's Miss, Miss Universe competition, and she will be competing for the, in the Miss Universe pageant later on this year. Um, this was reported by the Huffington Post on Friday. Um, yeah, and, th- and this event's being hosted in the Philippines, I believe. Um, transgender women were actually banned from the competition until 2013. Um, and then uh, a contestant from Canada named Jenna Taklova, I believe. Um, and this is, this is, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm terrible with last name. She challenged that ruling and we got that, um, opened up. And we also had someone tried, oh, Ponce actually tried to compete earlier in this competition in 2015. So we have a chance, uh, for the Miss Universe competition, uh, to be won by a transgendered woman. How does everyone feel about that? Is the, do, and again, this is, this is another conversation who that, you know, hopefully this podcast starts. Do you feel that transgender women should be in this, uh, should be allowed in this competition? Should they have their own competition? I, for one, I'm not bothered by this. I'm not. I'm sure many, many people are. I haven't actually, because of everything going on, I haven't really been on social media this weekend. So I'm not sure what the social media response from this is. But I will say that opening the doors and making everything all inclusive, um, it's a step in the right direction that they were able to open this up. Now, I mean, if she wins, if she doesn't, we'll see. Um, but let me know how you guys feel about it. I already gave my information um, at the at the top of this show, at the top of this segment. You know what I mean. But so we are going uh, now. We're going to get actually into my sister in podcasting, Shanice, with her unpopular opinion. This one is dope as always. She comes in short, sweet, to the point. That's why she's my sister. But we're going to get into some intro music on the other side of that. You're going to hear the lovely voice of Miss Shanice. So I'm going to keep this one quick because I have the stars up and I can watch power early. So I'm going to go do that after I record this. Anyway, I want to get into something that's been bothering me this week. You know, that 4th of July just came by and, you know, people have been having barbecues this summertime. That's what happens, right? I've been seeing tweets on the Twitter saying things basically indicating that women would be servants or may like to be fixing their man's plate at the cookout. So two things. I saw a tweet on Twitter that said, if you don't fix your man's plate, I will. And it was accompanied by a gift that said, Hey, May, I see you got on your May I feel like you always do. If you don't know where that statement came from, it came from Miss Jocelyn Hernandez from Love & Hip Hop Atlanta. First thing, whoever says, if you don't do something for your man, I will. I'm pretty sure they're ready for a fucking beatdown and they have to have the ambulance on speed dial because there's no way you saying that shit to me and you think you walking away on both of your legs. Number two, why would I be considered a maid if I decided, keyword, I decided to fix my man's plate at a barbecue, at a cookout, at a family function? 
I don't understand what's going on with the women these days that I've been seeing on Twitter. I'm not sure if they fit into the whole pick me Twitter group by saying, oh, I'm a stronger woman than you bitches because you fix your man's plate. How dare you love your nigga? How dare you tell this nigga he look good today? Like, girl, there is nothing wrong with showing your man appreciation, whether that be in fixing his plate, whether it be in making him feel good or whether it be in giving him compliments. I understand that you're trying to push this whole feminism and women are strong narrative but I'm not less of a strong ass woman if I decide to fix my man a plate like if I'm getting up I can fix the plate like it's not a big deal (laughs) but you know y'all think what I want to think again I'm not here to change minds I'm just here to share my opinion on the things that we all talk about we all think about so I say that to say this women listening men listening if you choose to fix your significant other a plate at a family function a cookout or a barbecue that is your choice and don't let hating ass twitter and self-proclaimed righteous twitter or instagram make you feel like you're a maid or anything less than who you are because you care about other people it goes back to the question of do you fix your man's plate first or do you fix your kid's plate first you do whatever you want to do again do what you want to do women if you feel like fixing your man's plate is something you don't want to do you have every right to not do that chick and sit down there and you wait for that nigga to bring you a plate but don't come over here and look at me like i'm some bum bitch some made ass bitch because i choose to fix my man a plate just like he would for me in that same situation it's all about reciprocation but anyway Again, like I said, I'm trying to watch Power early so I can give you guys spoilers on Twitter. So I'm going to cut this one short. But again, people listening, like I said in all of my past segments, do what you want to do and stop letting these people on the internet, these fake ass people on the internet, tell you what's right for you to do. Another great segment from my sister Shanice there. I can't. I can't agree enough with what she said there. Stop worrying about everyone else's opinion on your relationship. Stop, stop, stop worrying about what works for other people. I think we're, with relationships, people need to realize that a couple can have a great relationship, but exactly what works for them won't work for you. So once you realize that, you'll start just focusing on doing what you feel is right. Doing, I mean, that should be your focus anyway. Do, don't do anything wrong. Just love the person that you're with the best that you can and what comes natural to you. And then hopefully it all works out. Stop worrying about the people, other people's opinions, because more times than not, the ones that speak the loudest are the ones that are either bitter, alone, or have never really had a relationship that works. And even if they did, like I said, what works for them may not work for you. So stop worrying so much about other people's opinion. Do what is, is true to you. Love how you love. I can't stress that point enough. And then especially when social media is coming involved, social media has no place in your relationship, has no place having a a point of being a factor. Social media should be on the very bottom of things that matter to your relationship, especially when it comes to other people's opinions on social media or stupid memes or gifts or comments, all the threads. It's It's just a bunch of people who are still trying to figure out how to make relationships work. You definitely shouldn't look to that as relationship advice. At least that's my opinion. You got Shanice's, now you got mine. But we have to get into one of my favorite segments for me to do personally, that's a little shameless plug, but you know what it is, what it is. We have to get into the stupid idiot of the week. We have two stupid idiots of the week. This segment is going to, this week is going to be a little bit longer than the stupid idiot of the week segments. I go on a bit of a tangent, 
but bear with me. I, th- I think you guys will enjoy it. I'll see you guys on the other side of this intro music. dumb you are really dumb for real so the one week that i worry that we may have a hard time finding a stupid idiot of the week i too just randomly just popped up and there's two people honestly who can probably be on this list every day every single time i do this segment but nonetheless the very first stupid idiot of the week comes from tommy laren who you know what Let's let's just play the clip. No, she didn't apologize, and she's actually making it very dangerous, especially for young women like myself. I I find it funny because many of the people that have been attacked, harassed, assaulted have been conservative women. So where's the left on this? Where are the feminists that are about female empowerment? Time's up, me too. Where are their voices in this? Because I don't see them coming out to defend conservative women as they should when we are literally being attacked for our beliefs. So I want to be clear here. I in no way support any type of physical violence against anyone because of opposing beliefs or political views or anything in general. I I don't believe in that. I don't support it, whatever. But specifically for this young lady, um, someone in which uh, I believe she called Joe Kennedy a limp dick and an impotent little ginger. Uh, She's also made comments against the Black Lives Matter movement um, basically, in any any movement at all that um, that doesn't go with her views, um, she she attacks. Uh, now, her comments are specifically uh, uh, on Maxine Walters saying, "Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. If you see anyone from that cabinet in a restaurant." In a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Now, I'm not saying that that can't can't be perceived as problematic. I can't say that no one who is crazy as hell may look at that and feel like it's a call to action. But specifically in Tommy Lauren's case, like I said, someone who has no problem attacking people on Twitter, rappers, it 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 doesn't matter. Uh, to then want to blame everything that's coming her way on these comments. No, stand by what you say. Now, like I said, physical violence of any kind, not called for. But Tommy Lauren, someone who repeatedly likes doing these things to entice and aggravate and and call out. Be ready for that energy to come back around and not just scream victim. I, I have my personal issues with that. Um, like I said, I, 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 we can talk all day, have a conversation all day about varying views, points, topics, everything. That's fine. Even if I don't personally uh, agree with what you have to say, or I think it's a bunch of malarkey and bullshit. But the fact is, is that everyone knows how Tommy Lauren goes about the shit that she does. And she is very much a shock jock in a sense. And, you know, I mean, hey, she's on a, on a, on a public stage if you have to do that more power to you, but be prepared for that energy to come along. Uh, I, I feel sometimes she's out of touch. I feel sometimes even when she does have solid points to say, she's so focused on the controversy or saying it and presenting it in a way that's there to shock 
that it's definitely she knows it's going to it's going to cause a reaction that then she can then use and spin on Twitter and in social media. So for that, for that energy, I'm I'm sorry, just just your comments and overall the way you care. Like I said, I, you can literally make this list every week. Tommy Lauren, you are stupid idiot of the week. Oh, but our next stupid idiot of the week. Oh, my Jesus. So ESPN analyst, um, if you want to call him that, Stephen A. Smith is someone who really does grind my gears a lot. Uh, just usually day to day, I tend not to really pay much attention to what he has to say. First of all, let me say this. Stephen A. Smith for someone who's been in ESPN um, as long as he has been, doesn't break a single story, doesn't add any commentary to anything. Literally all Stephen A. Smith is there for is to be loud, uh, say things that have already been talked about 100, 100 times, and to present it in a way that's quote unquote controversial. But really, like I said, he's just being a lot. Matter of fact, Stephen A. Smith is probably one of the biggest coons in all of television right now. Um, and like I said, it, it, he really grinds my gears because he doesn't say anything. Like everything that he presents is literally what all the other ESPN analysts have already said. Um, the last time I can remember him actually having an interesting take or breaking something or being ahead of something was when LeBron signed to Miami. I will give him credit to that. He called that long before he called LeBron D Wade and Chris Bosh all teaming up specifically in Miami um, way, way early, way ahead of, ahead of the curve. And I think he's been riding that out ever since then. Um, I feel like Stephen A. Smith is a, is a big ass idiot to be quite frank. Um, and I think that it, it, it's a larger problem and we're going to get into the larger problem. But before that, you know, I have to play a clip from all our stupid idiots. Um, you know, this one kind of speaks for itself. Uh, so we're going to get into that and I'll come back and talk to you guys. Boogie Cousins has signed a one year deal, $5.3 million with the reigning defending two time NBA champion Golden State Warriors who have won three of the last four and arguably should have won four straight. Oh, my God. Stop the presses. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. I'm talking about texts all over the place. From the nation's capital to Atlanta, Georgia, to New York City, all the way out here in L.A. where I'm at right now. Everybody's talking. Oh, my God. Just just, just, just do away with the NBA. You've got memes on Twitter. All right, so do do I even have to say anything else? Like after that clip, do you kind of understand that? That's from an episode of his podcast this week. And not even the whole memes thing because they're memes, the fact that he doesn't understand that. Um, let's, I mean, that is definitely why he's the stupid idiot, one of the reasons why he's the stupid idiot of the week. But did you see how anyone who follows basketball, um, matter of fact, if you follow this podcast, you probably heard more in-depth analysis on the Boogie cousin signing in uh, Golden State from this than even you did him. And I have no inside information at all. And this this is my thing. And this is where I'm going with this. What what purpose is it to just be loud and ignorant? And why? Like I said, he's the biggest coon on TV right now. And this is where my problem is with the fake woke people, the ones that wanted to all of a sudden call out and not support uh, Donald Glover anymore because he hasn't a Caucasian 
girlfriend, wife, whatever she is. But yet we sit here and we don't call out when some company, ESPN in this case, is blatantly using a black man to be loud, obnoxious and to play into the stereotype. But we don't speak on it. We don't say anything about it. We don't talk about it. It's just we just deal with it. But yet one of the uh, talented artists who is who has come out even in his own music in, in, in Donald Glover and spoken about why he's attracted to Caucasian women and still said say how he supports black women and everything that they mean. But yet we leave and we don't speak about this fucking coon on ESPN every day. That is just there to make a make white people feel more comfortable and be be loud and obnoxious. And hopefully that it, it draws in black people because that's how they they just see us. And they that's what they think is going to appeal to us. So we just loud talking individuals who just spew out nonsense. Is that is that what we're doing here? And don't get me wrong. A lot of this is my personal opinion in this as, as well. There's there's not much that fact you can pull out and say, well, Yes, this is 100% true, Hayes, but I'm just giving my opinion on it. I'm giving my views on it, and I think that it's a fucking slap in the face that we have this idiot on TV every day, Monday through Friday. It's different when he was on TV arguing with Skip Bayless because, you know, that's an argument. That's They were specifically put there to argue. They're both pretty loud, opinionated individuals, and they're there for entertainment value. But the majority of why Stephen A. Smith is on TV and is, is so prominent, why he has his own thing, is because he's quote-unquote controversial. You have a black man there with a worse hairline than LeBron James sitting there being loud, talking, and like I said, he doesn't add anything to the conversation. Everything that he talks about sports is literally what everyone talks about like he doesn't add any depth of knowledge like there was no depth in what he talked and what he in that clip that i played and that's not just that specific clip this is every time he talks about sports he adds nothing to the conversation he serves no purpose and for that no purpose Stephen a smith you are definitely the stupid idiot of the week you should be it for the month matter of fact it's only july you're probably the stupidity of the year and every year that you're left on tv i'm not calling for for your job i never want to see anyone lose a job that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying do better do better as a black man who is sitting there on the biggest sports company hell espn is owned by disney you're part of one of the biggest companies in the world and you have the stage and you don't use it but to be loud and stupid and not push anything forward i'm sorry but it's not good. It's not good. And he, even when he does try to talk about racial issues in sports, like I said, he adds nothing to the conversation. Nothing. Nothing. He speaks on it, which I will give him credit to. At least he does speak on it. At least he does. But it's just regurgitated information. And that's my larger, my larger problem with media companies in this age. And this is why I support podcasters so much. This is why I love people like AJ. This is why I love people like Dan on drugs and, and, and what, and, and, and what they do over at Black Law and Legal Lies, because those are the places that the conversations are actually being pushed forward. And, you know, we don't have as large a reach, of course. But at least these conversations are out there being had. That's why I support the people I do. That's why I support Jaden Hollywood. That's why I support Andrew Bello. That's why I support the Infinite Fringe. That's why I support every the, all of my podcasters and creatives because we don't have that machine behind us to where we can just say whatever fucking nonsense and people are just flocking to it. We have to have the content there. And we're allowing these companies to put these people 
on pedestals and put these people up front and there's nothing being added. Nothing. So to both of our stupid idiots of the week. I didn't call you idiots. I called you stupid idiots. All right. We have to take a break. We have to cut out on this. We are going to get into another segment and I will hear from you guys on the other side of this. Hello, thank you for listening to Petty News. I am Jerry Rubbers, and it is all good in the hood. We have a special news report. Black China is in the boys' department once again. You ask me, I hope it came with a kid's meal. (laughs) Source tells us that they have been talking for about two to three months. I wonder if he knows that that car got a lot of miles on it. That car got more miles than a 1965 Eldorado. But we're going to make sure that he be careful out there, young man. Your future is bright, but Black China's body is not tight. Next, Joe Jackson has passed away at the age of 89 of cancer. And his son, Michael Jackson, is not very proud of it. Source tells us that Michael Jackson was in a holy studio doing a record with Marvin Gaye. And Joe Jackson appeared unexpectedly. I don't know what Michael Jackson did, but I guarantee that he had to beat it. It was said that Joe Jackson tried to bring a belt into heaven. And God stopped it right then and there in his tracks. Joe, you cannot do these things in heaven now. You're in a better place. So you better act like it. Michael, your daddy loves you. So you better get along with him. Next Drake album went platinum soon as it dropped. I don't know about you, but I don't think Drake had any push. Or am I supposed to say that on live? I don't care. It's my show. I can do what I want. That's right. Pusha T is still looking for you, Draco. I just want to know, how did Drake get Michael Jackson on his record? Did he call him from heaven? Or did he pray about it? I don't know. I kind of like the album, though. I think it's kind of good. Nice for what? Oh, we have breaking news. Tommy from Martin has found a job in heaven. Now, I don't know exactly what he do, but it says it sets him for life. He don't have to struggle no more. I got to be honest. I don't think the angels even know what Tommy does. But I'm glad he got a job up there. Because we still don't know what he do. <laughs> Chris Brown is arrested for felony battery after a Florida concert. If you ask me, I don't think he's going to be taking nobody down anymore. Ever since he messed with Rihanna, he's been out of control. He tried to warn us. These girls ain't loyal. Oh, eh, 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 oh. Next, we have a sad story. Sean broke up with his girlfriend, Beretta, and he took the spare tire out her car. Now, I don't understand what she did or what she could have been doing. But for you to take a lady's spare tire is just blasphemous for me. Oh, and also, he took the backs off her earrings. Ladies, those are going to be falling out all at work. So I hope you have a backup plan. And that is all we have for the moment. Thank you for listening to Petty News. I am Jerry Rubbers. Don't be fooled because we got the news. Girl, why do you continue to call me? The baby is not mine. Andre don't even look like me. Girl, you made love to multiple people that night. So stop calling my phone, you hood rat. Oh, we, we didn't cut. Well, damn it, why did you cut the mic, you idiot? <laughs> Listen, that was Scoop Grady. Um, that dude is, is hilarious and talented as hell. Um, <laughs> so, new contributor to the Awakened Soul, Scoop Grady. Uh, that's first of many, many segments coming from him. <laughs> I look forward to see what else he can do, man. That... <laughs> But nonetheless, man, we got to get into the next segment, which is me and Juju from the Thousand Era podcast talking about about music. He has an interesting take on uh, Kendrick Lamar and his impact in, in rap. 
this is going to be an interesting conversation. It's the last segment of the day. On the other side of that segment, I'll go ahead and do my peace outs and my acknowledgments and all that good stuff. I'll see you guys there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hyped it at the beginning of this, of the opening of this podcast. This conversation is one that I know is going to get interesting and real. We have Juju himself from Thousand Errors Podcast. What's going on, Juju? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> so before we get into the topic at hand, man, tell the people about your podcast, man. And let's go ahead and do all that good plugging. And then we'll get into this topic because I'm sure after we talk about this, there's definitely going to be some haters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Well, um, after I get these opinions out, I'm pretty sure y'all going to have something to say to me. So y'all can uh, check my podcast out. It's the Thousand Errors. That's the word, Thousand, E-R-R-O-R-S, all one word. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram at FlyHighJu. You can follow me on Twitter at JujuTheG. And if you got any questions or comments, you could uh, send me a Gmail at thethousandairs at gmail.com. All right, but, uh, man. <laughs> and let, let's start this off, man. Before we you get into your your thoughts and opinions, before you start letting that fly, you are from Cali, so um, man, I, I don't I, I don't even know to do it justice. I'm just gonna let you state your opinion, and then we'll talk about it, man. So tell all the people what we're here to discuss and uh, this theory you threw out in this chat, man, and then then we'll go ahead and get into it. Okay, I have the theory. Excuse me, I'm a because uh, I know I probably sound kind of funny, like I'm breathing out smoke or something. That's the uh, the thing we, all we Californians do. But um, basically, I I just feel like Kendrick Lamar, just as a rapper, is overhyped. That was like the basis of my argument. And I feel like everybody, I'm not I'm not taking anything from his technical rap skills, like his ability to put words together. But I just feel like everybody sees him as like this rap Jesus, and like he's just like this rap god or something. And I don't understand it. All right. And so when you first said that, I'm not going to lie. When you first said that, I was like, I, I don't understand where Jews coming from. But when you went on to explain it as how like lyricism wasn't really around at that time, it was almost dead. And the fact that when a lyricist finally came back and came to the forefront, that everyone kind of attached themselves to it and maybe overhyped him. Now, I will say this. I don't agree. I, I think Kendrick's going to go down as one of the best ever. But at the same time, like the basis of your argument, I could kind of understand some because lyricism still is at a is not at a premium in in rap at all right now. Um, so at least the hip hop heads like me, we do we do flock to lyricism more now. Like the few that are out there, we really try to defend and really try to hold up. But I'm not gonna lie, man, you blew my mind when I first when I first read that because you okay. Let's think about it like this, and, and let's take it back in time. Some Kendrick Lamar started popping in what about 2012, like 2012, 2013, right? Somewhere around that time. Yeah. And I mean, really popping. I'm not talking about his mixtape circuit. Okay, so um, you started hearing all of this conversation about this guy or whatever, and then it's like um, around all of this time, like I say, it was almost like it was a drought when it comes to lyricism. Like, if you think about the time period, we were almost, we were in the change of a decade, so we were kind of in between the change of sounds, too. Um, everybody that was held from the previous generation, Lil Wayne, everybody like that, had kind of fallen back, and it was all these new artists and all these new sounds coming, but there was nobody, like, just 
taking that lyrical lane where nobody could just be like, okay, yeah, this is my guy, this is my guy. And then uh, Kendrick Lamar, you just hear all of these whispers and all of this hype and, oh, um, he get the Draco sign and all of this stuff. And then his first single come out and his first single is Swimming Pools. And it's like, that shit was trash, man. That's my, that's my honest opinion. Like, Swimming Pools was a trash song. There was, still to this day, I could listen to this song. And, like, the song, the song is trash. Like, as the lead single for his, his album, it's like, that's, that's what he comes with and that's what everybody overhypes. And I really felt like it was more the marketing machine behind it than his actual talent. Because, like I say, guy can put some, uh, words together, but as far as crafting the song, the song was trash. Damn. Um. So what? Off Good Kid, Mad City. What? What's the standout track for you off that? Because everyone holds that as a classic. Well, let me not say everyone, but I think generally the public sees that as a classic album, one of the modern day classics. So what's the standout track on that for you? All right. I, I have a question too after this, but um, I would say the standout tracks for me would be um, Sing About Me. That's like my favorite song off of there. And uh, Money Trees. Okay. And then there's a there's a couple through there where it's like, okay, you could vibe to this. Like, uh, what is it? The intro, uh, Shireen's song, like Master Splinter's Daughter. That's all right. I like the storytelling on that. And um, it's a couple other tracks on there. Matt City, he was rapping his ass off. You can't take nothing from him on that. But um, just as a whole, though, the project as a whole wasn't nothing to be held as a classic. And uh Wow, so you don't you don't see Good Kid Man City as a classic at all? No, I don't. I this is what I ask, um, and that's it. What makes a classic album and who determines what's a classic? Well, and that's and that's the thing. I think there's a there's a few definitions for classic because I think there are personal classics, classics that regardless of what the public thinks, that either it's the music or something in it that speaks to you and it makes it a personal classic for you. There's thing there are sales that can make something a classic, and there's also a claim that can make something a classic. So I think those are kind of the three categories for a classic. For me, Good Kid, Mad City falls in two of those. Um, because it's a personal classic for me. I, I would just say, regardless of what anybody else thinks about it, I love that album. I think that from start to finish, it, he told a cohesive story. And yeah, I, not to say I, I like every track on there, because there are, there are a couple tracks that I don't care for on that album. But um, so that, and then the claim, like I just, I, I think there's something sonically about that album to where it's just like listening to it, it, it does something for me. So I, I think that that's what makes it a classic to me. Um, but I mean, let me, let me turn that question around to you. So mo- modern, just we'll, we'll keep it last few years. Have there been any classic albums to you or what is a classic album for you? Um, I understand what you were saying about personal classics, classics based on sales and classics based on, I guess, just the standard of the people and all of that. So, um, yeah, I've had a couple of personal classics throughout the years. I would say Big Sean's, uh, what is it? Dark Sky Paradise. That's actually like a personal classic album for me. I don't know if that would be held as like a classic rap album or five, 10 years from now, people will look back and be like, whoa, this is like, this album is a classic, but that's like a personal classic for me. But um, I would say within the last decade or so, Drake's Take Care is probably a classic rap album. <laughs> and that's hella debatable. I know people will argue me that like to death. And uh, me being from here, I don't know if everybody else will feel like that, but I would definitely say Nipsey Hussle's Crenshaw is a classic rap album. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that Nipsey is definitely a classic. Yeah, the uh, the Crenshaw mixtape and even it being a mixtape is debatable. But um, yeah, I would say that just based on the impact that it had, like just 
culturally to rap at the time. And uh, just based on the music, sonically, every song on there you could still play right now. And it's still like, it still gives you that same nostalgic feeling that it gave you then. Like, it's songs on there that they, they it's almost like they, they, like he was rapping feelings. Yeah, I can agree with that. I can agree. I feel that. Um, but to get to get back on Kendrick, man. So okay, so Good Kid, Mad City. You're saying you don't feel as a classic, which I respect. And look at I, the singles. <laughs> look at look at all the singles, man. And then what we got? Uh, swimming pools. Don't kill my vibe. What else? Don't kill. Okay, don't kill my vibe. What's your thoughts on that? Let's talk about that real quick. Don't what, kill my vibe was trash. You wait. You think. Man, you heard my feelings with that one. That that's one of my favorite songs of all time. Like that's that's my vibe song. You can put that on at any point in time for me. That's crazy. You don't like that song at all? Nah, I don't tell my vibe was trash, man. Damn. What about Paul? Okay, Poetic Justice. Poetic Justice was alright. Alright. What was that? Were those the only singles from that album, or am I missing something? Yep. Don't kill my vibe. Swimming pools and Poetic Justice. That was the, the last one I couldn't think of. And you gotta think that had Drake on it. <laughs> Yeah, we knew that was gonna pop when you put Drake when you put Drake on it. All right, so like uh, among his class, like hip hop right now, then um, if we're if if you're saying that you kind of feel like like Kendrick is rap Jesus just because nobody else was around, who who's who's the 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 upper in hip hop right now, the upper class in hip hop right now? What artists do you feel deserve that crown that kind of Kendrick's been given? If we're talking about, I'm gonna get crucified for this show, and this is me. I don't care. If we're talking about straight spitters, like. He can really put bars together and these are good songs and like it sounds good sonically and like everything comes good together with his ability to just rap his ass off and combine it into a good song. I'm going to say Big Sean and can't nobody come. And the only reason I'm not even going to just be like, oh, Drake, that's a simple one is because nobody is going to come and be like, oh, Big Sean don't write his own rap. So I'm going to kill that argument off instantly. All right. Well, I, I and you know Big Sean. I think for me personally, I just I don't enjoy Big Sean's voice, so it's hard for me to get into like a full Big Sean album. But you're not alone. I um, B Hun from uh, Alternative Fact Chicago. I don't know if you if you listen to the podcast or not, but he he's on Twitter all the time saying Big Sean's a top top five artist. So th- there's definitely people who share that opinion. Um, but coming off Big Sean, who's next then on your list? Um, I say Meek. Okay, I would actually. I may actually put Meek in that number one position, but I just think Big Sean make all around, like if we're just talking about the the quality of his songs, like Big Sean makes songs that are more, like more people can vibe to his songs. Meek, you you may only be able to rock to Meek if you just really in a hardcore rap or you, if you on the shit that Meek talks about or if you, if you relate to him. But Big Sean, Big Sean just makes good songs and he rap his ass off. Have you gotten a chance to listen to uh, Meek's new e- LP or EP? Uh, I actually went through it last night and I listened to a couple tracks, but I haven't laid back and like really vibed to it yet. Honestly, so, when yeah, I listen- I've heard I've heard it, but I haven't listened to it. When I listened to it the first time, I I would just to myself, I'm like, you know, this is this is solid. I like it's. I think it's only four tracks. I'm like, you know, this is cool. But the more and more I listen to it, and I I had to drive um, back and forth to to St. Louis this weekend, and I and I listened to it probably like two or three times because it's a short listen. I liked it more each time, and like it's it his lyrics there. I think that a lot of if you aren't listening for it on that specific EP, it may go over your heads. But he's he's talking about some shit, like some deep shit on on those four tracks. So it really got me excited for the uh, full project, and it's something we we reviewed it on the breaks. But even then, I had only heard it a couple times. Like now, the the more I get into it, the more and more I like it. So I'm definitely feeling it. Yeah, Meek is back in full effect, man. 
he he back like he never left, and he back in full effect. Like uh, even when I first heard "Stay Woke," that shit gave me chills. Like that that song is it, it's ridiculous beyond me. And the thing is, is he definitely has the fuel now. Like he has the um what he's going through in his life with the judge, with getting out of jail. He has stuff that he's passionate about now, and you know, for rappers, getting that out is usually through the pen. And he's definitely using that to his advantage. Like, I, this is some of the best music coming out of me. And I, I, I really, really think we're gonna get a classic album. I'm calling it right now for Meek when he when he does a full album. I, I, if it's not a classic, I'm probably gonna be disappointed. But I have no doubts right now that it's gonna be a classic album. Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. I wouldn't debate you the slightest bit on that. All right. So, and something I want to, I want to bring just in this conversation. So we established you, you are from Cali, you live in Cali. So the whole, like the whole TDE movement. So we talked about Kendrick and how you kind of feel like he's overrated or you just feel he's overrated, not kind of, um, but that the whole movement of TDE, J-Rock, Absol, um, Schoolboy Q, how do you feel overall about TDE as a label and, um, and, and all the artists over there? I feel like they're the, I guess you wouldn't call them an independent label. I feel they're the best, one of the best marketing startup or independent labels, whatever they would be considered, um, that's probably ever came to be because they have, they have, I guess, talented artists, but they have a marketing machine that's amazing because they, they know how to build hype around their artists. Like I don't, in a way, I don't even understand it, but they really know how to build hype around their artists. Like as a label, if you was to ask me who's the most talented artist on the TDE label, I would say Scissor. Wow. So no, see, and that's the thing. Like Kendrick, I love Kendrick, but and it may just be because I've been really watching this re- these redemption uh, videos that they've been putting out for J Rock. But I respect J Rock on a whole another level after watching that. Like to see everything he went through and. Originally, J-Rock was supposed to be the guy of TDE. It wasn't supposed to be Kendrick. Um, I, I really respect J-Rock. SZA, I would say this. Like, sometimes I have problems with, with SZA's, um She doesn't enunciate her words sometimes when she sings. And I know that may they may sound like a petty critique, but just sonically <laughs> something that, that, that throws me off a little bit. But uh, I can't I can't deny her artistry. Like, she's definitely unique. And her voice, There's I, I, I struggle to say that there's ever been anyone who really has had a voice like that. Yeah, SZA is amazing. Like it's like you said, her voice is is something special, and just the way she crafts songs. Like a lot of people don't understand. Long before this album came out last year, SZA been an amazing songwriter. Like she she been crafting amazing songs. She been working with different people, and like I was put on to SZA a long time from um from my co-host Ashley. So she's been the biggest SZA fan for years, like since I met her. And um, so I was always familiar in a way with her music and everything. And she just always seemed like she was the most talented person on their label that just didn't get the shine she deserved. And then even when I, um, like I've listened to Absol a little bit and Absol get out and I would make the same critique with him that I make with Kendrick, where it's like, okay, yeah, you can wrap your ass off. You can put words together. But you're not necessarily making good songs sonically that everybody want to hear. Like some people just don't want to hear this shit. And that's the reality of it. Excuse me, I don't know if I can cuss or not. Yeah. Oh man, I, I yeah, I curse all the damn time. So you're good, man. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, 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 and I respect that opinion. Like I said, it, it's it's one that I don't I don't really agree with you all the way. But I I can understand the critiques. I can understand where you're coming from with that. Um, with with most of your points, it's just. 
it's just crazy. And that just goes to how music is like subjective so much to people because what one person thinks is the hottest shit ever, another person could just look at it and be like, yeah, okay, it was all right. And I and I'm and I'm like that with a lot of music nowadays. So it's just funny um that you, that you have that varying opinion on Kendrick, but I wanted to have this conversation because I think it's it's one that people don't say and are people are afraid maybe if they do feel that way to come out and say because we all know how much everyone loves Kendrick. So just the fact that you were willing to come talk about it, man. I got to I got to appreciate you for that, man, cuz it's not easy to stand out there and uh say something that you know the majority of people probably aren't going to agree with. Oh yeah, I know I'm going to probably be all kind of haters when it's over, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> and then it's um another thing too about the whole Kendrick thing. The funny thing about it is um cuz I don't know if I said it. I'm from California, but I'm actually from LA. Like, and then I'm from South Central on top of that. So I'm like really from this section, like Kendrick Lamar is from Compton or whatever. But um, the one thing I can say and I can almost vouch for it because I spend a lot of time kind of like just out and about. So I know what LA sounds like in a way. And people ain't riding around here playing Kendrick Lamar. Like there may be those, there may be those older guys or whatever that like Kendrick Lamar or you might see me like meet some couple like a couple hardcore rap fans out here that just really want to hear that and people listen to it but that's not that's not what in people's ear for the most part like is we have in a way we really have like our own scene and we almost like just pick our people and Kendrick Lamar is because he's 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 the industry like I guess he's the He's the person set here by the industry, I guess. Like, yeah, he's heard here. Yeah, he gets his radio screens, yeah, all of that. But just on the on the street level with the people, that's not what people are listening to. So in in Cali, is it is it is Nipsey getting more play from the people than Kendrick is? Oh yeah, Nip is the mayor. Like that's the funny that's the funny part about it. Um, because I didn't realize, but I guess on a world scale, you would think people look at Kendrick Lamar like he's like the god of LA. But in a in a way, that's really how we view Nipsey here. Like Nipsey is like the mayor here. Like I always make that joke, and I say if uh, if South Central could ever host their own election, Nipsey Hussle probably could actually run for mayor. Hey, and that, and that goes back. Yeah, to like, we, go ahead. Oh yeah, but we listen to uh, to Nip YG. Like that's that's really what you'll hear if you're out and about and you pull up to a red light. You'll hear somebody playing Nipsey Hussle. You'll hear somebody playing YG. You may, in, in fact, you really might even hear them playing like O3 Greedo or Sherlock Mafia or Draco the Ruler. And that's, that's, that's really what like L.A. sounds like. That's really what you hear people playing. And and that goes back to like a conversation that me and um me and Fame Black, I know you know Fame, we had on last episode is like how the regional aspect of music a lot of people don't talk about. Like, so I think everyone who's not from Cali would automatically think, oh, Kendrick probably, they probably love Kendrick in, in California just because he's from Compton. And it's not always the same way. It's it, like, it, it's just like in, in St. Louis, when people were going crazy over Chinky, we weren't playing Chinky in St. Louis. We hated Chinky. Like, like no one really played Chinky in St. Louis. So I love Chinky. What you mean? I'm telling you, man. That's like That's that was my favorite album in 2003. Man, like, and I don't hate Chingy, but I'm just saying, like, it, it, it Chingy wasn't getting played in St. Louis. Like, 
like it was Nelly. Like if you were a St. Louis artist, it was so hard to get plays in St. Louis if you weren't Nelly. Um, because nobody really was riding with Chingy like that in St. Louis. There, of course, there there are people. Mo- most of the North Side was riding with um w- with Chingy. They played him, but like overall throughout St. Louis, nah, man, it, it, Chingy didn't get plays like that. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's it's crazy, man. It's just, but yeah, the regional aspect of hip hop or just music in general is uh, it, it's something that like because everyone just thinks oh they're from there, so they they must f with them or or not even realizing like how sometimes like you can be a huge artist, but like in the south they're not they they're not playing a lot of East Coast at least. Now it may be different because music is just all different, but they they weren't playing a lot of East Coast music and it's just, in the South, and it's just it's just funny how that works out to me. I always I just think things little things like that are interesting as hell. Yeah, like um, it's not like they don't fuck with him, but that's not he's not at the top of their list though. Like you don't even hear people riding around playing, especially the young people. Like they're not riding around listening to Kendrick Lamar. Like you'll hear him playing like shit from up north, like SOB, RBE, and stuff like that. Like you'll you'll hear a lot of that out too. Like they music. I feel that. So, uh, Ju, I gotta ask you, man. This is the question I ask everyone, especially their first time on uh, the top three songs on your playlist right now. You can either answer that, or you can pick three songs that would make up the playlist to represent your life. So, whatever direction you want to go, with, go with that. But give me three songs. I give you both of them. So you say uh, the top three playlists on my, I mean, top three songs on my playlist right now. Yes, sir. Uh, right now, Drake album just came out, so I can't get Blueprint out of my head. So that's probably number one. And then um, I'm going to go with Floating by O3 Greedo. And then uh, for three, oh, I'm going to come back and go with Rule by O3 Greedo. That been stuck in my head all year. That's like my theme song. All right. I like that list. What about the other one? So you say three songs that, that represent the direction of my life? Yes, sir. Uh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say Summertime in That Colors by Nipsey Hussle. That's off the Crenshaw mixtape. Um, that's a tough one, damn. I don't know. I might have to owe you two. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it's, it's it's a difficult question to answer, especially I always like catching people off guard with it. But uh, I, 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 I like those songs, every one that you name, man. But, yeah, you definitely owe me two. Next time, you just have to come back, man. So now now you have to come back and you have to do another segment and give us the rest of that list. Okay, man. I got you. <laughs> All right, man. Joe, I want to say thank you man for coming on uh taking time out your day man i know how busy it is but people don't realize how busy the life of a podcaster can get but i uh give give the listeners your uh your social media again so they can find you and tell them what they can look forward to uh, from the thousand era podcast uh man you can find me on instagram again at fly high jew you'll see some videos of me surfing because i do surf <laughs> and um yeah check out the thousand Airs podcast man that's me and my uh, my brother Shorts, we sit up and every week we just tackle a different life topic and, and talk about different errors and mistakes that we made and, and how we bounce back from them. And we mix it with a whole lot of comedy. And um, the simplest way I can explain it is that my brother is a fool, so you just have to see it to believe it. So I guess in this case, it'll be listen to believe it. Absolutely, man. Well, Drew, thanks again, man. Tell the people peace. All right. Peace out, man. Thank you for having me, Ace. So there you have it. That's episode 56 in the books. I want to thank Shanice, thank Scoop, thank Juju who came on. Uh, thank you for the stupid to the stupid idiots of the week for giving me ammunition. Uh, you know, the, going into this live show for the Breaks Radio July 21st in St. Louis at Herb Arts. Shameless plug. Um, 
I'm just I'm, I'm really excited for everything that's coming. Uh, anyone who doesn't know, The Awakened Soul got picked up for syndication at LNJ Radio in Florida. So we will be playing out there on the radio for anyone who listens in Florida. I air Friday night at 7 p.m. So check me out there. Um, we And still working with Real Midwest Radio. So, yeah, it's it's listen, this podcasting thing is just crazy and it's humbling and it's exciting and it's amazing. And I love every step of it. But to the haters, I just have this to say. My daughter told me to tell you to get off of daddy's dick. <laughs> but nonetheless, you guys know where you can find me at CEO Hayes is at CEO H-A-I-Z-E on Twitter. Uh, you can also send me any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. And make sure you check out my beautiful website, theawakensoulpod.com. That's it. I will see you wonderful and beautiful people next week. I didn't talk about much NBA this week. I'm going to wait till free agency goes through a little bit more. We'll probably talk about it on this show or the one after that. Uh, catch me on the Breaks Radio, which is it comes out on uh, Thursday. So be sure to check me out there if you want to hear more voice and more of my brothers. That's it. That's this week. That's episode 56. I'll see you guys next week. I got about the streets, so I ain't got to steal. But listen to the radio. It's obvious I still kill. But y'all was in the game way before me. So why you want to do some shit I did?